On this episode of the Pack It Up Pod, we cover the Super Bowl, Pro Bowl, and what the heck is going to happen with this Packers roster. If you haven't already, hit subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at the Packers Pod. And with that, let's go Pack. Third down and five. Rogers, same side. And this time, it's in the hands of Lazard. Incredible play. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Pack It Up Packers podcast. This is Ryan, joined as always by Josh and Dan. Hello, gents. What's up, boys? Uh, we doing? Been too long. Feels good to be back. I had to dig my mic out of the storage. Yeah, dust everywhere. Yeah, I'm feeling going, rusty, What is this too. podcast thing? What is happening? So we are officially over with the season as the Super Bowl wraps up. The Chiefs are Super Bowl champions. So let's start there. What are your thoughts on this game overall? Did you enjoy it? What were you thinking during it? How do you feel about the Chiefs being Super Bowl champs? I absolutely love it. I couldn't be happier. Uh, one of my best friends in town actually went to the Super Bowl. Blaine, we had him on the show uh, when we actually played Kansas City. Um, he got to see it all, and uh, it, I'm I'm just happy for the city. It's been 50 years for them to have a Super Bowl champion. Um, couldn't happen to a better coach and quarter young quarterback that I think is about to take over the whole entire league with uh, not only his personality, uh, but also his play on the field. Um, couldn't be happier with the outcome. I didn't think the Chiefs were going to have such a hard time with the 49ers, you know, for the first two and a half quarters. So I was pretty impressed with the 49ers game plan coming in. But it looks like that's the way the Chiefs managed the entire playoffs. They went down double digits and then they came back and won. And can we just highlight Blaine for a second? Because he joined us on the podcast when we played the Chiefs in the regular season and we beat them. And then we go to Vegas together and we both win our playoff game and extend into the, the championship round. And then he flies down to Florida and he scalps a ticket for the Super Bowl. And we're, we're getting photos of him walking around the stadium trying to find one single ticket. And where does he get that ticket? The last row in the stadium. But the photos looked awesome. I can't imagine uh, being in the Super Bowl for the first time as a fan of the Chiefs, actually being at the stadium, watching them win it, having a young quarterback, knowing the next decade is going to be stacked. Uh, good for them. That was fun to watch. And they used a little bit of Devontae Adams' tape to help win the game. Yeah, I thought that was interesting when uh, it was brought up. And it's good that Devontae got some love. I feel like I, – I think he's a player's player, if that makes sense. That I feel like the players really, really respect him. And for some reason, I don't think the media kind of gives him as much love as he should. But He's a quiet guy. He likes to stay yeah. out of the spotlight. But I was happy for the Chiefs, I, I, especially with it being the anniversary year and how special it was for the NFL and how the great players and great teams to have kind of this original team win it all, I thought was really, really cool. Uh, I, I was surprised by the quarterback play, though. Even though it was an entertaining game, it was not necessarily the clean, cleanest game no. played. There were moments where you're just like, nobody wants to win the Super Bowl. And I don't know if it was nerves or anything like that, but... Yeah, great point. Mahomes didn't look great. And Jimmy G, I'm sitting there yelling at the TV being like, he is what I thought he was. <laughs> but Mahomes was not who we all know him to be. He had a pretty rough game until the fourth quarter. 
uh, for the comeback. So that was surprising to see. Let me ask you guys, did you have that like twinge of remorse either as the game started or in the middle of the game, being a Packer fan, knowing you were one step away from rooting for your team in that game? Did it did it run through you at all or two weeks removed? Were you able to look past it and just enjoy the game for what it was? Uh, I enjoyed the game. Like, yeah, same it, here. it seemed forever. Like it honestly, when we sat down to watch the game, we made wings at home. We had our full uh, selection of beer. I thought it felt like forever since the NFC Championship game. So I, I was greatly enjoyed it. I didn't really care who won, which is also exciting. I don't remember the last time I watched a championship game where I was like, you know what? It'd be cool to see either one. But I enjoyed it. Yeah, same, same for me. It was, it was a blast. And I love the halftime show. I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> I'm all in. Love Any it. warm-blooded male loved the halftime show. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I did have to bring up, though? I started watching Amazon's All or Nothing, and last year, I didn't realize this until it got published. So if you're a Prime account holder like me, you, your mother, your sister, and everybody underneath the sun, uh, it just got released where they follow the team around for the entire season. And... I got to episode two and they start covering the Eagles beating the Packers in week five. I want to say it was maybe that was the Cowboy game. So right around there, though. But I had a harder time watching that than I did the Super Bowl because I'm sitting on the couch. I was literally talking out loud, probably to nobody, because I don't think my wife was listening anymore at this point. But I'm like, if we just take care of this game against a banged up, not, you know, clicking on all cylinders, Eagles team then we probably have home field advantage and our odds of winning the NFC championship game go way up. I'm not saying we win it, but our odds of winning that game go way up. I had a harder time watching that. So if anyone starts the Eagles all or nothing series, just skip through episode two. It's painful. Just, just go right <laughs> through it. That's funny. You bring that up last night. I was almost about to click it and watch it. I'm like, why do I want to put myself through that game again? I, I'm yeah. not watching that. <laughs> and they talk about how it was such a big game for Carson Wentz and the development of his career. And I just it was painful more so than the Super Bowl. I'm glad it was a great game. So let's just be honest. This isn't the bowl we were all focused on. The Pro Bowl, the greatest game in all of sports. Everybody watches. (laughs) And I don't remember the last time the Packers absolutely dominated the stat sheet. And it came down to two guys, really. Adams had the most receptions with six two of those for touchdowns and Zadarius with two sacks and interception. I mean, it was the Packers show. Everybody was talking about it. I know the Kobe thing was happening at the same time and both players kind of showed their love for him, but I know it's not where we wanted to see them in terms of bowls, but you got to love the fact that the Packers just absolutely balled out and down in Orlando. Doesn't it just seem like a game that, if you want to try to win MVP, the other guys will just take a step back and be like, all right, man, go for it. You know, I, I always thought that, but don't they get a large paycheck for winning that game? So wouldn't you want to win it? I mean, well, large for me and you. Is it large for them? I, I don't know. Maybe they, most of them. Free cash on me, though. Doesn't the MVP get like a pickup truck or something? Yeah, mm, some type yeah, of car. Yeah, yeah. so that's mm. – all right. I don't know. It was cool to see the Packers <laughs> recognized on a national level. Since we weren't in the Super Bowl, we might as well take the accolades you can get. It was good for them. I, I still think the Pro Bowl is, you know, if you want to try harder than the rest of them, you'll you'll have you'll put up good statistics. You know, he uh, didn't look good in the Pro Bowl. Lamar Jackson. Oh, my. And that skills challenge. Oof. Wait, are you talking about the Pro Bowl or his playoff game? <laughs> <laughs> good point. <laughs> but I will say. I think that, I mean, we talked about it kind of 
heading out of the season. Adams healthy is absolutely dangerous. And Zadarius, I think, now has a chip on his shoulder until they win a Super Bowl that I am I'm just excited. Like I'm just legitimately excited to watch these players hopefully stay healthy, knock on wood, and just return next season with just laser focus, ready to take care of business with hopefully a better team around them. Right. And with that, we switch over our our coaching changes were really the only thing that's happened in terms of the Packers so far this season. Pettin is back, which I was surprised at how much hate there was for that, which oh God, I yes. get I get that the NFC Championship game didn't go as planned, but oh boy, let's hold on a little bit. Uh, new secondary coach with uh, Jerry Gray coming over from Minnesota, and we released our wide receiver coach. Good old Alvis has left the building. So <laughs> your thoughts on those three quick changes for the Packers? I agree. I think keeping Petten was necessary for continuity's sake. I don't think the defensive issues, uh, we weren't, you know, top tier, but we weren't bottom. I don't think they fell on Petten. And I think changing him and changing a scheme was just going to set you back a step. We've got some key pieces in place. We've got leadership in place. Uh, let's build off of that. Um, Elvis Witted being gone as a wide receiver coach. Take it or leave it. You know, he he developed a couple guys. I I think you reached the max potential around a guy like Geronimo Allison. Nobody knows what happened to MVS, but a guy like Alan Lazard went from, you know, barely making the roster, sitting on the practice squad to our number two receiver. So you got to give coaching some credit there. Devontae's continued to develop under him. But, yeah, I don't mind, a, a, you know, new blood there. And then Jerry Gray from Minnesota Boy, if he can bring to the Packers what the Vikings had in their secondary, specifically at the safety position, uh, watch out. I mean, the development of of Savage could be awesome to watch if you get the right coach for him. Yeah, out of the three, I'm I'm most excited for Jerry Gray. Also, he 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 turned players that I mean were decent draft picks, but turned them into all stars. Um, I mean, he knows what he's doing, especially like Dan said at the safety position. Um, you know, I, I'm a little bit on the other side of Petten. You know, I, I wasn't 100 percent bring him back. You know, the the main reason I wanted him back is just for con, 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 uh, continuity. <laughs> but because what he did with that locker room, I mean, he made that defense come together like we haven't seen him forever. Um, so I, I'm fine with Petten coming back, you know, give him another year with Lafleur. Maybe they gel a little better. Um, and then, yeah, the wide receivers, wide receivers coach, take it or leave it. Uh, they'll find somebody probably within to refill that spot anyways. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that um, the wide receiver group will be interesting. We'll get to that in a second on what we do in the draft and or free agency. The secondary group, I, I really do think has all the pieces. And more often than not, when you get a new coach, they kind of have a little spike and they got a little hop in their step. And if this group takes that talent and just elevates it, uh, I'm all for it. So Across the board, fine with them. Uh, I, I just don't know if we let Petting go, who else we'd bring in. And it kind of scares me to have another year of worrying about somebody leading the defense. So let's get it going. Let's see how it how it works. And honestly, this will be a really telltale sign of how bad was that inside linebacker job this season. That if that gets summed up, is, is Petting look like a lot better coach. So with that. We have a lot of things to discuss on who may be leaving, and Dan has taken the charge on who he thinks may be gone this year. Yeah, I didn't make a list that's all-inclusive, like from the possible 70 guys that are under Packers contracts, but some of the big names, let's put them in our cut-em segment. I think we can all agree 
on a few of these, and then there's a couple that we can debate. So Lane Taylor. Got him. Yeah. See you later. Jimmy Graham. Definitely cut him. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. For that money, goodbye. You know, one I didn't write down, but along the same notes, Mercedes Lewis? I keep Mercedes. Mm. The only reason I'd say keep him Bargain. is I feel like he would give you the best deal of a lifetime knowing it's his last year. I think yep. that's the only reason. But even then, uh, uh, mm. All right. Switching over to, well, nope, still on the offensive side of the ball. Geronimo Allison? Yeah, cut him. Yeah. Deuces. Bye-bye. <laughs> See you, brother. Okay, now switching to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, the one that might be toughest for everyone, although social media has been trending in a certain direction, Blake Martinez. Get rid of him. I'd like to say the Pack It Up Packers pod was first to this opinion. Yeah, yeah I I think you cut him. I, part, like, again, it's interesting that if you can get a partner in crime, I don't think he's that bad. But is he going to leverage the, hey, look how many tackles I get a season. I should be beat getting oh, yeah. paid X million, which is the problem. I think million. he's absolutely fine if he's still kind of like, a, a, I wouldn't say bargain, but a reasonable price. I just don't think he's going to – somebody is going to take a chance going looking purely at stats and are going to get burned like the Packers did this year. Don't you think it's going to be one of these teams that uh, the coaches are going to look at the film and be like, no, he's not worth $12 million, and then the owner's going to call down and be like, we can get the second leading tackler in the NFL. Yeah, we need him. Like the Giants. Hey, yeah, Giants come to mind. Cowboys yeah. come to mind, even though they don't. Oakland Raiders. This is an Oakland yeah, Raiders situation. Oh, they go, yeah. hey, we got cap space. Let's pad our stats from 2019 for the 2020 roster. This is exactly what the Raiders would do. Yeah, yeah. And on a personal standpoint, like, thank you, Blake Martinez. Your service to the Green Bay Packers. You were fun to watch. You were healthy. You were on the field. You did your job. We appreciate you. We just don't want you around for $12 million a year. We have other places to spend that money. So, okay, pack it up. Packers pod is agreeing. We're cutting Blake Martinez. All right. We're Thank an anti-Blake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, buddy. This is not news to any of our <laughs> listeners if they've been listening all year. Now, going to the secondary, though, there's two that should be interesting. Josh Jackson. How do you guys feel about that one? Josh Gibbs, you were his biggest fan when he got drafted. Yeah. I mean, he's a good special teams guy. I'm fine if he's a cheap special teams guy and they really like what he's doing on that side of the ball. Um, he does nothing for me on defense. Uh, you know, you're about to bring up two people that I think will continue to start over him. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'm, I'm right on the fence with him. If, it's if you want him on special teams or not. I would not pay for him to be a special teams specialist. So please cut him. Yeah, let yeah. him go find a zone scheme that maybe he can get on the field. Um, another guy, I think we took a shot at converting him from zone heavy to man to man. It didn't work out. Let him go. Save some money. Um, the toughest one I have, Tremont Williams. I love Tremont. I love Tremont Mm -hmm. so much. And there were moments where he came up big and you could tell his old man energy was, it was good. And I love having that experience. But then there was also some times where you're like, he just got manhandled. Like, it's just, uh, I think he's kind of in that same Mercedes Lewis category of if he's going to give us, you know, that super, super, super veteran deal, fine. But it would suck to lose him. But I'm I'm okay clearing it. Yeah. And you could you could find someone with equal talent, uh, but you won't find the leadership. So if they are needing the leadership in the locker room, I say totally keep them. You know, if someone else isn't stepping up in that secondary, keep them because you need somebody to guide those young guys. Um, but yeah, if it's, if it's just 
based off of play, I'd, I'd say get rid of him. Yeah, I agree. He was a great, uh, you know, nickelback when you had to sub him in because someone went down. You know, you were comforted that it was Tremont Williams. You're like, yeah, he may get beat by a superior athlete, but he's going to be a steady D back for us. The the reason I lean towards cut him is I looked up his contract situation from last year and he'll he would probably take a little less than this. But it was a three million dollar base with a cap hit of over six million once you included roster bonuses, salary bonuses, all these kinds of things. Six million dollars for him. Absolutely not. You know, another one of I appreciate your service, but we can't pay you that much. If you can get him back about two million, you know, for that veteran leadership and spot duty. Yeah, let's talk about it. But in my mind, you got to let Kadar Holman and Shannon Sullivan get their opportunity to shine. Both of them showed you something. They're younger. They're less money. Uh, Shannon Sullivan specifically was rising at the end of the year. I think you got to let those guys play and take the cap savings. And I'm glad you brought it up. And I can't wait for this to be re-recorded in week six. I love Chandon Sullivan. Like, I actually really, really think he's a good player. He's 13 years younger than Sherman Williams. Woo! Like, I, I think he has the talent. He looks hungry. Like, he, he seems like a guy that's young, that's trying to learn all he can. I would put him in my top three in terms of breakout next year, where you're going to go, this guy – when he plays, he's he's doing what he needs to do. Uh, so again, look for a week six, seven where we record this and go, what the hell did we do with Shannon <laughs> Sullivan? But I'm uh, I'm team Shannon Sullivan. Off season hype is the worst. Shannon <laughs> Sullivan's gonna make the Pro Bowl this year. He's gonna take that leap. Okay, we're we're gonna jump into free agent signings to use some of that money we just saved. But there's one big name that I had out of order here that I think we should cover, and that's Ron Belaga. Ow. that's pretty good that's pretty good so cap hit a eight million dollars last year he's aging but he played a lot what do you do with him you got to bring him back Uh, you got rogers that quarterback and you need to keep him healthy he's old he's not as mobile you got to bring back bulaga right (sighs) right (laughs) And I, I don't even care the cost either. I don't ooh, even care. Ooh, the cost. Oh, okay. Care the cost. All right. I've made my decision. <laughs> here's the here's the scary thing is I don't know who fills in for him. Like he is so far and away better than anybody that we could really have to replace. My issue though is I think we're just due for a year where he only plays half the games. And we started to see these moments where he kind of looked fatigued and his body was starting to break down a little bit. My worry is we drop this huge paycheck on him to get eight games next year. And I'm not I'm not totally sold on that. My worry then is then you got to start looking at draft. You got to look at who behind him that could step up. He's the best player for sure. Uh, and, and at moments, I think he even played a little bit better than Bakhtiari this year. But, ah, man, that's a it's all about the money game. It's all about the money game. I 100% agree with Ryan at the cap hit 8 million last year. I don't think you can bring him back. Just, you know, he finally had a healthy year and good for him, but he's, he's going to be 31, 32, something like that. That's, that's old in football terms, especially for a guy with a, a injury riddled past. Can we just talk about what the, the Packer beat reporters though are saying might be the solution? Because that just makes me cringe. But what also makes me cringe is the catch twenty two situation that you're in here, where if you do if you let him go, 
and you would then have to invest a first or second round draft pick in a tackle in order to get your starter. I don't like wasting that capital when we have other positions of need as well that we're going to be talking about this offseason. So the the beat writers have been saying there's talk about moving Billy Turner from right guard over to right tackle and then inserting Lucas Patrick with his oh, new extension God. at right guard. Is it just me? I thought Billy Turner was – if there was a turnstile on the offensive line in the pass blocking game, it was Billy Turner. And you're going to put him out at tackle now? Huh. I, yeah. I thought you guys were going to agree. I thought you guys were going to agree with me with bringing them back. But if, if we're not bringing them back, we got to get somebody in free agency then because the, the ultimate question, can you get him to sign one year, five, six million dollars? And it's a I, it's a beautiful safety net at that contract. I, I think you can get him down to seven to six. Yes. Um, but you, you got to sign him. You have to sign him. The only reason I think I would be all in is the thought process of you got Rodgers for three more years. This offensive line is about as close as perfect as it can be that take the hit. Let's keep this line together. Maybe it ends up being a third round draft pick instead of a first or a second and just say, look, here it is. Three years. This is the offensive line. This is most likely the backfield. Here we go. Uh, I think if you look at it that way, I, I, he does have to come down again. I just I worry that at some point in time that big old oh, yeah. body is going to show is is its weight and its its fatigue and I'm I'm not ready for that cap hit with that amount of money spent. Right. That's what I think we'll never know how the negotiations actually go. We'll just know if they ke- if they kept them or let them walk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That it was right around that range of uh, it's just too much for your injury history. Mm-hmm. So hopefully well, if we get rid of them. Go after Jack Conklin. <laughs> oh. All right, we're throwing out free agent names. <laughs> transition. So I was just going to say, all right, boys, who do you want to sign in order to fill some of this cap space? Who do you want to start with? Schobert. Dream scenario, Joe Schobert. Yeah. Walk, yeah. Walk Michelle, West kid coming back to Wisconsin. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think he I think he shores up the middle. Uh, he, he's way better in pass coverage. Um, he, he's a little bigger than Blake Martinez, and he definitely plays faster. He, he he hits holes faster than Blake Martinez. Blake used to sit back on his heels a lot. Uh, Joe's not like that, so I, I would love to have him in the middle. I don't remember who wrote it, and I don't even know the official stats that were involved, but I believe he is better stat-wise than Blake Martinez in every category except for total tackles. And it's for some of them, it's not even close. His ability to use his hands and be a threat in the pass coverage is miles ahead of Blake. And I even think for run stopping and sacks, it was also quite a a bit different. So, yes, he's going to cost a lot of money. And again, you got to love the chip on the shoulder. I I bring it up all the time. The fact that the Browns are just ignoring him. They're not even having talks. They're ignoring him completely. Bring him back home and let him absolutely dominate the middle of the field. Yeah, 20 bucks says we don't get him, but outside of that Debbie Downer scenario, I think there's someone out there willing to pay, you know, superstar money, which he could borderline be in the right scheme. Um if if we do sign Joe Schobert, how fast do we all own Joe Schobert jerseys? Instantly. I mean, for those that don't know, we're all Waukesha North grads. This guy's a Waukesha West grad, just a couple of years younger. 
there'd be a lot of fun watching that happen. I feel like we wouldn't be able to complain about not having TJ Watt anymore if you got the Smith brothers and Schobert as your linebacker core. Oh. Like, okay, oh. we're fine. We're fine. We got a Walker yes. boy in there. We're fine. Yeah. The only thing that I want them to do this year is sign a middle linebacker in free agency and sign a big defensive tackle to help uh, take up some of the run defense, uh, mm-hmm. uh, help help out Kenny Clark a little bit. But what about those, I think, I, I'm trusting I'm trusting your boy Gary. I'm trusting that he's going to develop uh, and that oh, I, he can. I'm, I mean the uh, the Lancaster Kiki Lowry position. Oh, I don't mind Lowry. Do you not like Lowry? But you I need, like Lowry. You need like three or four of those guys there, and I think we only got Lowry. Kiki's got to do some growing. He's a little too small. 49ers attacked Lancaster. Yeah. So we'll talk about that when it comes to draft topics, which we'll hit on real fast at the end. So Joe Schobert dream scenario. I totally get that. I think you got to go shore up inside linebacker with somebody, and it'll be a little telling of how high you're willing to draft an inside linebacker based on who you sign. If you go all out for Joe Schobert, you're saying you didn't quite trust that middle linebacker, uh, draft options in the first or second round. If you go and sign a middle tier player, that's sort of a role player and it's going to be your second or third guy. Well, then I think you're showing your cards a little bit of who your draft pick might be uh, in your top two rounds. My dream scenario is a guy that hopefully would never see the field. I'm just going to say this Josh Rosen scenario. I am all Ooh. in. I am yeah. all in. Don't don't tell me Aaron Rodgers goes down and Tim Boyle is going to lead us to like a six and two record for oh, half a watch season. Watch yourself. Watch yourself. <laughs> Josh Rosen has natural arm talent close to what Aaron Rodgers has. He's a Cal kid. So if you're ever going to get Rodgers to take someone under his wing, not that he doesn't do it already, but if you're ever going to get him to take anyone under his ring, under his wing, Josh Rosen's going to be the guy. Rosen has been beaten up and beaten down for two years. And if you just let him sit underneath Rodgers, I don't know why he wouldn't be interested in this deal. And I think you could get him for around this $2 million mark from a salary cap perspective that says if Rodgers goes down, I'm not doing the doomsday scenario of the entire year because any team with a top-tier quarterback that loses him for the entire year is screwed. But if Rodgers goes down for four to eight weeks, Rosen could keep the boat afloat. I would believe in that. I know you've watched his games on the Cardinals and Dolphins and thinks he looks like trash, but those are trash offenses when he was playing with them. I'd love to see them, the, them being the Packers staff, try to revitalize his career and give us a safer option at backup. Yeah, the first time you brought it up, uh, I immediately said no. But then looking at the numbers and looking at the background, if for some reason the Packers took a quarterback in the first or second round, which please – People, get off Tua. We don't need Tua. Move on. <laughs> but the fact that how it's it's very, very rare to find a quarterback that is actually okay sitting back and learning. And Rodgers was a perfect example. I know he was itching by that third year. But Josh Rosen, as you mentioned, has gotten absolutely stopped the last two years. You don't think that he wouldn't mind cashing out seven figures and just being like, tell me everything you know. Let me be better. I think this is a perfect scenario in terms of having somebody that we can trust, but then also somebody that just is awesome. Just sit back. Uh, so as much as I've never been this excited about the thought of a backup quarterback, I yeah. actually think it would be a really, really smart move. It's the exact scenario of um, Deshaun Kaiser and the reason he told Manny Wilkins to stick on the Packers practice squad when Wilkins knew he wasn't making the team. Kaiser told Manny Wilkins, he goes, if you want to learn how to play quarterback, you'll stay in Green Bay. 
And if Rosen got that kind of advice, he would go sit behind Rodgers. And I'm not saying that's going to be his only option to go sit behind a, a good quarterback, uh, but that would be a nice one as a Packer fan to finally solidify the backup quarterback position after five years of garbage back there. So, Josh, you want to cover who we got at tight end here? There's a couple hot names out on the market, and you like an older one than most of us do. Well, you know <laughs> – I like Mercedes Lewis as a as a leadership role to keep him on the team, but I, I honestly think we don't need to sign anybody. I think Jace Sternberger, we we put we throw him in the hot seat, let him let him start next year and just let him see what he can do. We he we could see what he could do blocking um, in the playoffs. He was he was a great blocker. Uh, he's going to beef up a little bit in the off season. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's some young guys, Greg Olson, you know, Eric Ebron, maybe. Uh, would be a good fit for Rodgers. Uh, you know, he, he certainly has the same <clears throat> body type of some of the tight ends that he's succeeded with. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I say we don't get anybody in the offseason. Yeah, I was surprised at how much absolute love the front office was giving Jace. If there was if there was a hedge your bets on what Packer is going to at least be utilized more next year, it's Jace, like, by a mile. Uh, and I am excited about it. I think the, ha- the thought of having him being anywhere on the field, I think he can go outside. I think he can be that tight end position. He's got to work a little bit on this blocking. I could also see him in the back. Backfield is almost this kind of fullbackish tight tight end. Like it's a really exciting that we could see him mix around anywhere. Um, Eric Ebron's interesting. It's just it's too much money. It's too much money. So yep. I agree. Uh, Anybody other than like maybe an Austin Hooper type of player that you'd be like, you know what, younger, athletic, I, I just don't see us spending money on an older guy. So I'm the same. Give me Tanya and Sternberger at the cheaper salaries. Let's see what they got. Uh, pulling Greg Olson out of the commentator booth doesn't make any sense at that age. Eric Ebron was $6.9 million last year. If you signed him and Schobert, let's say, well, your salary cap space is now chewed up and obviously that's two fun signings but we got more work to do than just those two guys so yeah for sure i think tight ends got to stay where it is yeah the last guy we had listed was in the wide receiver position but i got an interesting curveball for you guys that we didn't prep for and it kind of leads into the draft topics that josh is so excited for so let me see your (laughs) let me see your answers to this and you don't have to do much uh much description behind your your predictions but if you had to say which positions the Packers draft in round one and round two. So inside linebacker, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, running back. What are the two positions you've got them drafting in order round one and round two? And I'll go last. Well, my mine depends on if they trade back. So I, I think there's a high probability of, course, of, of course. trading back. Hypothetical. To stay um, there. But ha- hypothetical, we stay. I say wide receiver first, and I would have to go. I I I oh dang. I I'd go uh I'd go running back. I go running back. Wow. Wait, you have him going running back in round one? No, round two. Wide receiver round one. Oh. Running back round two. Oh, I wasn't expecting that. Sorry about my dog, but Ryan, go ahead. I I when the season ended, I was so in the camp of we're going wide receiver one like that this is too low to the draft to go wide receiver i think it's going to be one of those situations that the packers i think it's been 
it was like 2001 or 2005 was the last time we drafted a first round wide receiver. Yeah, we are Devon a Walker. Def- yeah, we are a defensive team. We will take an inside linebacker at one and then hope that the depth of this wide receiver group carries over and pick a wide receiver in, in round two. I don't mind that at all. So here's my uh, take. And I, I don't mind being wrong on this one, but don't be surprised if it's inside linebacker in round one and that DN position to fill in for Lowry at Lancaster in round two. And I'm banking on that wide receiver class is so stacked that you can get guys in round three through seven that are fine. And and they don't go for that superstar playmaker in round one at wide receiver. Now, I would love that superstar playmaker, but don't be surprised if it doesn't work out just that way. So my prediction of something that's a little more probable than most fans are predicting would be shore up inside linebacker with one of the guys, one of the studs, uh, at pick 30, I think we're at, yep. and and then go get a, a, this DN, the non-pass rushing style, heavy DN uh, to shore up your depth at that position. I'm not comfortable with where we stand there. Yeah, there's the, my thing is for the wide receiver pick first round, there are five guys. If you can get one of those five guys, C.D. Lamb, Jerry Judy, Henny Ruggs, T. Higgins, and LaVesca, my favorite, Chenault Jr. out of Colorado. If you can get one of those guys that without trading up, um, you get them. They're all playmakers. If they touch the ball, they could score every every single time. Um, but if they're not there, you got to trade back. Uh, th- I don't think there's a good enough inside linebacker that will be around at the late first round that is first round talent. Yeah. I think most of them are second round, maybe even third round talent. So uh, there's just so much talent at the wideout position. You can't pass up the first round. Yeah, I'm not hoping they do either. But we're getting into hypotheticals that we'll definitely have plenty of opportunity to talk about as they start working out, interviewing mock drafts, go haywire across the Internet. We'll have plenty more episodes before the Packers uh, do make their selection. You know, I did want to bring up one surprise that I think could happen in the second round if we trade back the center out of Wisconsin. Tyler, how do you say his name? Biadzek? Biadish. Yeah, I would not be surprised if we go after him. Lindsay's an unrestricted free agent in 2021. Um, you know, the, they could easily shore up the center and a backup guard position with him. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they go after him either. Yeah, I'd, uh, that thought has not crossed my mind. But um, we've talked about some issues that they have on the offensive line, and uh, that would definitely – any much, you know, pretty much just pick a offensive lineman out of Wisconsin and you're going to solidify one of your positions for a decade. So it's a safe pick. Not mad about it. And with that, we will look forward to hearing about players being dropped and additions to the coaching staff. But until then, see ya. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.